quarantine, you know the vibes. Zoom. What's up, y'all? It's Solomon. Y'all watching Quarantine Questions with Rap TV. Yeah. You can quarantine the body, but you can't quarantine my soul. Yo, what's good, y'all? We got Solomon Sounds in the building, virtually, of course. For those of you who don't know, he's actually the one who discovered Tentacion and was his manager during his career. Of course, the hip-hop world is at a loss from the passing of X, and some of these topics might be a little bit hard to talk about, but he left such an impact in our hearts that sharing these memories is one of the ways that we can keep his legacy alive. So with that being said, I would like to welcome you to Quarantine Questions for Rap TV. I'm your host, Proto Goat. What's good, bro? How's it going? What's up, man? How's everything? How are y'all? It's good, man. Good. You know, chilling. Same old, same old. It's not their work. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, man. Let's let's start from the very beginning. How exactly did you discover X? Kind of take us back to the first time that you heard of him. Well, the first time I heard I heard of him, I was in uh, one of the studios that I ran, and uh, a friend of mine was telling me about him. And uh, he was like, yo, this kid, he's dope, man. You should go fuck with him. He's locked up, but you can go help him out and shit like that. And he didn't know the kid personally at all, but he knew one of the kid's friends. So he introduced me to his friend, uh, Backwoods Briss. Shout out to Backwoods Briss, you feel me? And uh, I would basically just jump on jail calls with X and just basically just, like, hear him out and just, like, you know, talk to him about really like a lot of things he was such a complex individual like we'd be on the phone all day like all day like he literally ran the phone and we talk about everything under the sun of course of a lot of it was career you know oriented where mm-hmm. he wanted to go his vision on certain things like people don't know you know people that maybe don't know x don't know that he was a mastermind everything that he did was like carefully planned out to the T. So a lot of my job was just taking my marching orders from him and just like, you know, helping execute his vision to the best of my ability, you know, cause he was like, he was really, really, really a genius. Even when he was locked up, the ideas that he had for music videos and songs and albums, like a lot of that came from when he was locked up. Like, you know, he would always say like, he's trapped in his own mind, but like his mind was limitless. And the things that he was able to come mm-hmm. up with and see and figure out, like he had such a, a great understanding of the world for such a young person too. Cause mind you at the time he was mm-hmm. really young. He was like 18 years old, 19 years old. You know, and um, actually just turned 18, I believe, you know, and um, at the time it was just like so surprising for me because it's like, you know, like he had this big understanding of like the world and spirituality and like how to evolve people's attention and you know he was growing like there was parts of him that you know was still immature because of course he was he was a young teenager you know but he was growing and like metamorphosizing at such an incredible rate like one of my biggest blessings in, in life has been you know the ability to stand next to this man although he was years younger than me and to learn from him to observe him to learn fearlessness from him you know because he was fearless he was wasn't afraid of anything you know it it was really just like the only thing i could equate is like watching like a young pablo picasso or a young great artist in any field 
you know, just kind of like getting in their groove. Because at that point, although he was incarcerated, like he was just like getting hit the attention and people were just understanding mm-hmm. like how really dope he was. So, you know, like there was a lot of people after him, a lot of managers that were more seasoned than me and had a lot more experience and money or whatever the case may be. But, you know, we definitely had a connection. And, you know, before I was into music, I was you know studying law. So, you know, it was more than just about representing his music career. It was about just helping him all the way, you know, in life. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like that with, you know, every artist that I deal with. So just as important as getting his music out was getting him out. So, yeah. you know, I took my last little bits of money, scraped, stole, borrowed, did everything I could to get some money to, you know, get this lawyer that was able to, you know, get him out of jail, you know. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we literally just hit the ground running. But he was just always just so appreciative of that. And, you know, he he was like a great opportunity giver because I'm able to do so many amazing things now by just the blessings that, you know, was bestowed upon mm-hmm. me by the opportunity just to work with him. You know, I'm able to help save yeah. so many young lives and, you know, give so many artists opportunities and, you know, even opportunities for myself and my family and, you know, being able to take care of my mm-hmm. mother and my family and my loved ones. And just, you know, I owe a lot to him. So I'm very grateful for it. And it's been an incredible ride, even posthumanist. You know what I mean? It's been, it's been, it's, it's, it's been wild to watch. Sorry, I fucked that word up. Yeah. But yeah, so that was really the beginning. I know I probably went off on a tangent. Oh, no, it's all good, bro. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. But um, well, another question that I have for you, too, is uh, obviously, you know, you had interned at labels before. You had worked as an A&R. And you had dealt with different artists in the past. I want, I want to, like, what I want to know is what about him stood out to you than all the other artists you had previously worked with? Um, first things first, um, and just looking at him, he was striking, like everything about him was striking. Everything about his resemblance to the way he spoke to his music was so memorable, so unforgettable. It was like, whether you liked it, whether you loved it, whether you hated it, whether you was terrified by it, it made you feel something. Like a lot of times, like, you know, artists are, you know, I guess trying to blend in and trying to fit into some type of like box or whatever the case may be. And ultimately it makes them forgettable. You know, everything about him was really memorable. And, you know, from the way he looked to the music, to how serious he was, to how crazy he was, to, you know, literally everything. So that was literally what struck me first was like that was special but musically right after hearing um look at me i heard i don't want to do this anymore and then i was like oh this is a genius because i heard look at me and i love look at me i thought it was a great record it was a you know incredible record nothing like it but it allowed me to kind of dive deep into everything else that was there and you know look at me was just the surface look at me was you know like even down to the title of the song was brilliantly executed for people just to pay attention to him you feel me for people just to to give him his moments notice so he can take that little 15 seconds where people pay attention to look at me and give them things like riot give them things like sad give them things like moonlight give them things like remedy for a broken heart and just like you know all these you know just like just incredible records like you know what i mean like Like, just even in the really early beginning, you know, just in L.A., we worked out of, like, Nightbird Studio, where he created 17, you know, with the help of, like, John Cunningham and Ron Perry. And, you know, it was 
just an amazing experience. I remember he was up for days and he didn't even sleep. Our first studio session, a lot of you not, was probably like three days. And, you know, maybe he slept like for 30, 45 minutes a day. He just had so much to kind of like get out. So like just everything about him was just really, really, really special. Like you could be in the- In those three days? Oh my bad. In those three days, how many records did he cut? Honestly, he probably did like the majority, like the skeleton. He did the, He definitely did the skeleton of seventeen. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. And that was like you know his his debut album, the album that was really special that you know mm -hmm. we loved that really, really kind of like solidified him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then you said that you, when you first heard of him, he was locked up, right? So, like, when did you actually physically get to meet him for the first time? Well, this, that's kind of like a twofold question. The first time I went to, the first time I saw him, like, was he was locked up. And, you know, I spoke to him beside, behind the glass. Mm -hmm. And that's how those visits mm -hmm. were. But the first time that, you know, um, that we actually, you know, physically saw each other with no, you know, glass or no confinement was the day he got out of jail. And, um, yeah, like, I, I remember, like, you know, there's a clip of the documentary where, you know, in, in the trailer for the documentary where you kind of just see me run into him and just hug him and just, like, scream out, like, my mm -hmm. nigga, which is such excitement because I was yeah. just so excited because at that point, like, I just, I just knew that we, I just knew that we were a part of history. You know, nobody knew where yeah, it sure. was gonna go ultimately. You just knew you were a part of something special. And obviously, when you first discovered him, you knew he was a star, and you were trying to sign him. But I want to know what those conversations were back at the label headquarters when you're trying to like, you know, work your way into like, yo, you guys really have to sign him. Like, what were those conversations like? Was anybody against that? I mean, I think to be truth be told, a lot of people were against it. A lot of people were afraid of him. Nobody knew who he was. There, you know, there he had negative charges against him. So there was a public persona that was, you know, mostly negative. And I think a lot of people were afraid of that. But he had the brilliance to know that he wanted to be independent. So it made it our job a lot easier. I mean, Bob mm -hmm. Celeste was a lawyer to kind of figure out who was the right person go with and you know we ultimately went for empire and ghazi was a tremendous partner throughout everything and super supportive and you know he really grew with us and you know made sure that he did you know all in his power to support ja you know while he was alive and just even after he passed he's always been supportive and just always been like family to us so you know that's how it started out you know because ghazi wasn't afraid ghazi, yeah. ghazi was just as courageous as ja yeah, and then and then when you were looking for lawyers too to defend them, I'm sure the retainer fees were like twenty thousand dollars, and you only had about five thousand. How did you leverage getting lawyers to you know defend them when you didn't even have that much money at that time? Well, I mean, again, it was kind of like complex, but I tried to like sell the situation, like yo, you know, this is going to be a very public case. If you defend him, you know, it's going to be you know. It's going to bring a lot of publicity your way. Sorry. It's going to bring a lot of publicity your way and, you know, telling the lawyers things like that and you know, ultimately telling them that, you know, I would get them more money if need be, you know, when they, when the case, when it came okay. to that, you know, and, 
you know, ultimately Robert Trackman was receptive to it. And, you know, he supported a bunch of other, you know, friends of mine that, you know, ended up catching cases in Florida. So, you know, when they all, you know, had really severe cases, but I would see them home, um, it would be like magic. So, you know, I called him and, you know, he got it. And, you know, by God's grace, you know, he yeah. to help John. So, so when you first, you know, when you first found out about him, like, was this before or after that Adam 22 interview? This was after that. Okay, so do you watch the interview? Yeah, I watched the whole interview. Oh, okay. Did you, anything did anything stick out to you from that interview? Because that was that was every a single thing that happened stuck out to me. Like I watch interviews all the time, and I probably don't think to this day have I seen a more dynamic and you know wild interview than that. So, you know, of course it was like you you saw that and you you know had a roller coaster of emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, but ultimately it went back to, yo, this kid is striking. This kid is special. Mm -hmm. Like, also you hear him speak like there's an intelligent mind here. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. maybe it's a little bit lost or maybe it's a little bit misdirected, but there's a lot of intelligence here. And that's what I ultimately for sure. got from it. For sure. And then, like you said, there was a lot of negativity in the beginning surrounding him and people were like trying to discourage you from working with him and everything. And obviously you try to help him out and give him advice whenever you can. When the whole Drake thing happened, like when he was dissing Drake and stuff, like, did you have any advice for him during that time? Like, what were your thoughts during it? Well, at the time I was thinking and, you know, truth be told, I was thinking like, yo, hey, you know, maybe let's not be negative at first because, you know, if like maybe maybe we can get together with Drake and maybe we can do an official remix or something like that. Or, you know, mm -hmm. we, we could just do something. We could spin it in a positive way. And his response was, you know, like I'm in this situation. Drake is so powerful in the business, you know, so mm -hmm. all this, you know. I don't have an issue with him stealing my song, but it's, it's just that he kind of ignored me in the process. It'd have been different if he'd have been like, yo, hit me up or, or try to just like touch base with me or, you know, try to, you know, help me out in my situation or just even shine some light on what I was going through or shed a spotlight on what I was going through. Cause he's like, I could have respected that now to fuck with him but because it went that way, you know, he decided that, you know, he was going to, you know, show and prove that he wasn't, afraid of anybody again like i told you it's fearless so you know even the biggest yeah. you know iconic titan artists in the world didn't strike fear in him and i think his fans were really 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 moved by that so they supported it you know what i mean like yeah. there's so many times that you know it's like you know what i mean like i like his fans supported him so it wasn't a situation to where like he was on a lonely boat saying fuck drake you know i would be at concerts yeah. where two thousand, three thousand people would be screaming out fuck drake to be honest i never thought i would see the day where i saw something like yeah. that you know but it that yeah. just and you know that's nothing against drake but it's a testament to how powerful his fans were because his fans would have said fuck whatever you know was against mm -hmm. him you know what i mean so it wasn't yeah. against so it's not nothing against, like I said, it's nothing against Drake, but it's just, you know, his fans were just that loyal, that diehard, that rabid, you know, that much of a cult fan yeah. base that anything that was against him was wrong. Yeah, to, to the point where it even reached Drake's ears, because I remember OVO Sound Radio, he actually went on there and even like addressed the situation. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But like I said, it just goes a testament to, um, you know, it's just mm -hmm. a testament to how, like, serious and, you know, amazing his fan base is For and sure. was, you know? For sure. 
Yeah, no doubt. And let, let's talk about his first tour. Do you remember his first official tour? What was that like? I mean, like, I'm assuming, like, you pick your craziest rock band from the 80s and their tour didn't have shit on the Revenge Tour. <laughs> In terms yeah, of sure. excitement, danger, and just things along those lines. Like, the Revenge Tour was literally one of the most iconic tours. And everybody that was there, you know, caught a piece of history. Yeah, for sure. Were you able to make a lot of the shows or...? make a lot of the shows i was on a bus with them i was on oh, every okay. single show i was like I, i'm like i don't know about like other managers or how other people do things but like i'm i'm hands-on i'm everywhere if my artist is somewhere mm -hmm. i'm there you know what i mean like if there's a show i'm there if there's an important session if there's something there i'm there and because of how you know x like i was with him during everything i spent as much time as i could you know what i mean mm -hmm. like with him so you know the whole revenge tour i was there for every little bit of it and you know, all the good, the bad, and the ugly, we were there, and we, you know, we endured it as a family. Yeah, no doubt, man. And then since you were on the bus with him and you were on tour with him, how was he like on the road? Did he record a lot? Was he just enjoying himself and partying a lot? Like, how does he, how was he on the road? Um, well, I mean, I think it was, he wasn't really partying that much, but it was just, there wasn't even much space to, like, party. We would literally go do a show, dip, and you know what I mean? Rinse and repeat. So there wasn't even like, like mm -hmm. there was that much of a party situation. Mind you, he wasn't even 21 yet, you know? So yes. it's not like he was doing clubs and things like that. He would just do his show and just go back to his hotel. You know what I mean? Bring his, all his friends with him and just, you know, he just wanted to share the experience with his friends. And I knew he enjoyed it. It was an amazing experience. The energy that he got from the fans and the energy that he gave back was amazing to watch and be there and to, like, you know, passively receive. But, you know, there wasn't a situation to where he was, like, yeah, like, he wasn't, like, partying a lot. It was just more so, of like, focus. He was there, like, on a mission. Like, he was there to touch those fans. You know what I mean? Every yeah. single night. Like, he was making sure he took care of himself, took care of his voice, made sure he was resting so every single night he can give 110%. Yeah, and I'm sure he considered you somewhat of a mentor to him as well. Was there Were there any advice well, that you can remember? I mentor, to be honest. <laughs> you feel me? Like, I think okay. I can do it the other way around, bro. And hindsight, yeah. looking at it, because like I said, like, you know, like, I, like, I've always had a bit of fearlessness in me, but he's the one that really brought it out. You know what I mean? He was not afraid yeah. of anything. You know what I mean? He was strong as a, as a, as a, as a person. Like in stature, he was small, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. he had the spirit of a giant. Like if you could understand that. So, um, you know, I, like I tried to give him the best advice that I could give him and I always tried to do my best by him. But like I said, it's like, you know, I, mean, I wouldn't even consider it like a mentor type situation because, you know, it was a two way street. Like I was giving him everything mm -hmm. I knew about the business. I was like making sure he knew everything, making sure he was ahead of the curve because like, like the seeds of brilliance were already there. I was just trying to just give it as much water and sunlight as possible. You know what I mean? And I don't okay. want to take any yeah. credit for his genius because it was just pure unadulterated genius and you know what i mean like i'm even to this day in my career i am who i am because i get to stand on the shoulder of a giant so i in no way right. shape or form want to try to take any credit for that like i just did my best to help mm -hmm. however it was like don't get me wrong i think i'm cunning i think i'm smart i think i'm a great manager i do whatever it takes but it's like you know what i mean he was fucking it like he was it that was <laughs> like you know what i mean he was fucking it like there was no stopping yeah. that 
Yeah, and in the process of you trying to give him advice whenever you could, was there anything you were able to talk him out of that he wanted to do? I mean, a lot of things that I'm not going to mention here, absolutely. Right. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. definitely, listen, man, he would take advice when it made sense. You know what I mean? But he was a thinker, mm -hmm. and he's somebody that would question everything to its core. You know, but he was also smart enough to know when somebody was giving him advice that was in his best interest. Yeah, for sure. And then speaking of advice, too, like, um, obviously, you knew the whole situation that was going down in San Diego and like, you know, the rivals he had and the beef that he had. Did you try to talk him out of going to San Diego when that happened? Like him, like on stage and that whole thing happened? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. I did for selfish reasons because, you know, there was a time before I was working with Ski Mask and, you know, there was like a situation where, you know, he got hurt. And that's like the scariest thing in the world, man. Nobody like, Hell yeah. you know, nobody wants to see, you know, their artist, their brother, their friend get mm -hmm. hurt. So, you know, I was thinking like, yo, fuck it. We could just maybe shut that shit down and come back at a later time. But again, this man was fearless. So he wasn't with that. He wanted to go and do the show and be there for the, you know. Yeah. Just. The, the, the huge amount of fans that were there and they was dying to see him. And, you know, in the space, we were getting death threats, like all types of crazy yeah, I shit. Bet. I you bet. know what I mean? So it was like, it was scary for us all, but I was like, yo, if you going, I'm with you 100%. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? No matter how ugly that the shit would have got, but we were just, you know, there together and, you know, nobody expected that that yeah. would have happened like that. You know, it really happened in the flash of the eye, yeah. but... You know, it just was what yeah. it was. And, you know, he wanted to get up and continue the show. Even though he did get up and continue the show. But, you know, because of the, circum uh, the, because of the circumstances, mm -hmm. you know, the, the police ended the show. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, then you, and you believed in him so much. You believed in him so much that when he finally did sign to you, you took a flight from New York to Florida round trip with nothing but a neck pillow because you were just going to sleep in the airport, right, for him to sign with you. How did that happen? Tell us that story. Um, I mean, well, at the point, it was like us going down to like meet face to face while he was locked up. And, you know, he was going to sign our management agreement. We wrote it together on the phone. And, um, you know, I, I didn't have no more money. Like I paid, I gave the lawyer bread. I didn't have any bread. So there was like, there was no hotel. There was no nothing. I remember I was mm -hmm. supposed to leave his mom Cleopatra for dinner and I remember ended up like not even linking her because I ain't have no bread and I didn't want to seem like a bozo you know what I mean so I ended up not even like but I, I just that's all I had is all I had was enough for that round trip ticket and I'm pretty sure I held that I borrowed that from my man shout out Justin Moore you know what I mean but it was just like it was yeah. just about getting there you know what I mean at that point it was just about like just just surviving till we got to that point just to you know till right. everybody saw what i saw you know what i mean and i'm still fighting the good right. fight because unfortunately the whole world doesn't see what i see yet there's still a lot of naysayers so we're still fighting that fight mm -hmm. trying to make sure that legacy is like preserved in pristine condition mm -hmm. and around that time i'm sure he was getting deals left and right like offers like hey do this hey sign with us like what how were you how were you able to convince him? Is there something specific that you told him to actually go with you? To be honest, I keep it a super buck with you. Um I uh outside of helping him get out of jail, I uh I took half. I took half of what normal management percentage should have been. Oh, okay. Okay. So it was and like just being honest is like it wasn't yeah, much, yeah, 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 crazy yeah. to it. I was just like, yo, bro, I, I don't care, bro. I'll do it for shorts, bro. I just, I just, I just want the opportunity. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then, honestly, like, I know you were interested in, and you said you were working with Ski Mask at one point, too. Um, what was that conversation like when you first approached him? Well, um, at the time, he was um, staying at Bruno's Porno House, and, um, you know, he was just a big ball of just potential, man. And, you know, he wasn't in a space... I don't think in that place to really like live out his full potential. He needed to like, he needed to tour. He needed to release more music. He needed to, you know, you know, ultimately get a deal, get some real money in his pocket and really get started. So, you know, I just like, I helped him get started, you know, and ultimately like, you know, I love him to this day. Like we ended up like splitting ways business, splitting, I mean, partner ways, you know, business wise, but you know, to this day he's like a dear friend, you know, and I love and I appreciate him for the opportunity to work with him and just, you know, I'm cheering him on. I think he has a new album coming and I know it's going to be incredible and everybody needs to go get that shit when it drops. Facts, man. Facts. And then speaking of X's mom, too, like I see a lot of controversy online and I don't even know where it comes from. But I see comments all the time saying like she only cares about the money, this, that and the third. But obviously, you know her personally. Um, do you agree with everything she's done regarding X? Yo, I'm going to tell you something about Cleopatra. Cleopatra is probably one of the best people that I've ever met. One of the most giving people, one of the most just loving and caring and nurturing people that I've ever met. Like, Cleo loved her son as any mother loves her son. Cleo was a young mom. And, you know, at the end of the day, X was this ball of energy. And there was times, of course, they didn't see eye to eye, but they loved each other. You know, anybody who knew him knew that there was nobody more important to him than his mother. And it was the same thing for her. So she's been doing the best with what's left to her a lot of ex's fans are young kids and they don't understand business they don't understand like that he had obligations that he agreed to while he was alive and you know in order to continue to you know like preserve his legacy and to make sure that his legacy grows you know there's things that Cleo had to do. Cleo had to get music out and put things out. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think she's unfairly judged for a lot of the things. And because she is the, like, honestly, you know, when everything was getting started, like, you know, he trusted Cleo with everything. He started Bad Vibes Forever, which is his company, with Cleo, his mom. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the okay. day, like, even when, you know, even before, like, long before he passed away, like, like Cleo has basically been my partner from the very beginning because when I first met him and was first talking to him, like I would hang up with him and be on the phone with Cleo. So Cleo mm -hmm. was involved with everything from the very beginning. She was, she was in all the decision-making process. She was involved with everything. So like, even though I told you before, like I ain't link her cause I was broke, but like that just goes to show mm -hmm. you how, how highly I thought of her even back then. Yeah. You because at the end of the day, she was just so involved. She was doing so much shit. Like, let's keep it a buck. Like, you know, X had a kind of X had a checkered criminal history, to say the least. You know what I mean? But like, mm, the last yeah. time I helped him get out of jail, he was arrested dozens of times before that. Who helped him get out then? Who was there mm. doing all that? That was Cleo, a hundred percent of the time, supporting him, being there for him good, bad, or ugly, you know what I mean? So it's like mm. a lot of people, you know, unfairly judge her but have no idea of the situation that she's in and have no idea the amount of courage that it takes to stand up after your son is done and to, you know, be at the helm of his business mm. to grow it and keep it going for his 
child, for his fans, for his family, and for the rest mm-hmm. of the world, to be honest. Like, people don't understand what a, what a ridiculously difficult commitment that is. Like, even after X passed, there was a long time where I felt like I couldn't even be on social media because, you know, I would just see his mm-hmm. face everywhere I turned and it would be gut-wrenching. So if I feel like that, Imagine if I birthed him. Imagine the strength that it takes for him to get up and take those awards on yeah. his behalf, to put out records on his behalf, to work on the documentary on his behalf, to basically pick up all the pieces and continue all the things that he started. To the end of the day, she's not doing anything on her own accord. She's just mm-hmm. finishing everything that he started for him. Yeah, facts. And carry on his legacy as best she can. No doubt. And then obviously you were one of the few people that really knew him really well. Um, do you have any funny stories that you can share with us? To be honest, man, I'm trying to think. There was there was literally so many because he was such a funny person. Like, you know what I mean? He like everything. Like, you know what I mean? When the moment wasn't serious, everything was a joke. You feel me? There was nothing yeah. but like good times and laughs and you know that type of situation. Wait, hold on one second. Somebody calling you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there was nothing but, like, he he was a jokester. Like, you know, you could just look and see his personality online when he's laughing, when he's joking, when he's pranking his friends, when, you know, he's just doing whatever. Like, you know, one of my most memorable, most funny um, moments was we were in the La Montrose in L.A., and um, mm-hmm. he was recording 17, and... We just had, you know, he used to order a ridiculous amount of food and, like, tip the people that brought food thousands of dollars. Like, he was just so giving and so loving. And I remember one day, like, they just brought breakfast, and it was just, like, a breakfast fit for, like, kings and queens. It looked like we were about to feed the royal family. And then we ended up having a food fight. And all that food was all over the hotel, all over the walls and everything. And, you know. You said he would tip them $1,000? Yeah, he would do crazy shit like that all the time but for him that wasn't crazy he was just trying to share the blessings he was just trying to give back to people and you know all those people if you ever would see them and ask them about him they would have the nicest most amazing things to say about him because you know he just did that out the kindness of his heart he would sit down before he even ordered anything just give them a tip like hey i hope you have a great day i hope you know, if there's anything I can do to help you. And that's how he was. Like, after shows, he'd yell out his phone number so fans could call him and be up all night really? talking to fans. Yes. He'd be up all night talking to fans. So this is, like, some uncanny shit. I've never seen shit like that. But when you see, you know, it's it's been two years since he's been gone, but look how much he's loved. You know what I mean? The love hasn't yeah. dissipated for him at all. And it's because he was that way. Yeah, man. It just seemed like he was such a transparent person and, like, there was so much authenticity when you saw him and when you heard him. Everything he said was just him. And that's what it was. You know what I mean? Absolutely. 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 Is there anything else like that that he did? Like he would give out his number like at the end of the shows? Like he would do stuff like that all the time? Yeah, I mean, he would definitely do shit like that all the time. You know, he would just he would just be so... You know, a lot of artists try to be elusive from their fans and he was the mm-hmm. exact opposite. You know, he would his fans he would dm his fans he would text them he would call them they would have they would literally be on the phone all the time and just building with each other all the time so you know okay so would he have to change his number a lot or or not no he would just have mad phones he would just have mad phones but he would never change his number he would never close his doors to anybody that you know he loved or that loved him 
That's amazing, man. And obviously, like you said, you were on tour with them before. Has there been a fan encounter? Have you do you remember anything specifically where somebody like broke down or or like a vivid memory that somebody, you know, embraced them because they changed their lives? Listen, man, his show was all, people broke down at his shows in many different ways. People cried. Mm -hmm. People broke bones in the mosh pits. <laughs> like people like it would be an emotional roller coaster for everybody in there, even the security guards holding down the fucking, holding the rail would be watching him in awe as he's hanging upside down and performing and doing these crazy stunts. It's like, it was just amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then as far as like you, your relationship with him personally, did you guys ever have any inside jokes or anything he teased you about or? I mean, he made fun of my name a lot. We just, we like, it was just all jokes, but it was just, it was just, it was just, the, it was just beautiful, man. It was just beautiful. But yeah, man, you about to make me cry, so I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> okay, no doubt, man. But, um, you know, all we do have is memories left over. And I know you have mentioned before that X has enough material to put out two more albums, you know, if you guys wanted to. Is there anything else you could tell us, like, about stuff coming up or any song collaborations or when the next album is supposed to be coming out? I mean, I don't really know, like, 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 with the music, there's, like, some bits of music that's left. But I think everybody should just more so focus on the documentary that's coming okay and when is that is there, there's a is there a date for that to drop when's that ha when's that coming out um there's not an announced date but we're gonna announce that shortly and i, I would really like everybody just kind of like focus on that and after the documentary okay. there's gonna be more amazing things to follow maybe not necessarily music but just a lot of amazing things to come so you know his fans won't be without you know x content for too too long Facts, man. And his fans are like family, you know, is there, um, and they're, they're watching this right now. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell his fans? Well, the only thing I would want to say to them is thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for your unwavering, unwavering support. Thank you for your love. Thank you for making sure that our guy stays an icon. Thank you for helping him be an icon thank you for all you do and your continued support and you know i wish i could talk to you all and you know if there's ever anything i can do if you guys ever want to hit me hit me you guys know the ones that do hit me i talk back i respond as much as i can and you know mm -hmm. you guys are literally the most amazing fan base in the world and i love y'all you know Man, well, thank, thank you, you for helping us carry the torch yeah, and thank you for your contributions, man. Thank you, you know, for the role you played in his life and, and helping bring so much change and, and so much positivity into the world through his music. Appreciate thank that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I'm about to enjoy right. this beautiful L.A. weather. <laughs> Bet. So once again, I'm pro to go with Rap TV, and this is Quarantine Questions. Make sure y'all hit that subscribe button and notification button to stay up to date. We're dropping interviews all the time. Make sure y'all go get that Rap TV merch at rapart.com and join our community by texting 908-341-0067. And as always, don't forget to smash that like button. And one last time, let's give it up for Solomon, y'all. Thanks, bro. Thanks, man. Peace. You can quarantine the body, but you can't quarantine my soul.